Thank you, thank you, Reverend Jaffo. Good morning and praise the Lord. Uh, it's quite an early morning. It's been a while since I have been uh, stud, and uh, for many reasons, I hope that I'll still take a bit of time off. Um, but even as we start this morning, uh, just allow me to lead us through a bit of prayer, and then we'll we'll dive right into the word for this morning. Father, you are worthy, you are worthy to be glorified. The scripture says to us that your masters are new every morning. And Lord, indeed, as the day dawns, we know that because we have woken up, because you've given us another chance at life, because you have given us an opportunity to seek you again, we thank you for that mercy that has been washed upon us this morning. Lord, we receive that mercy this morning that is new every morning. We approach the throne of grace and of mercy, and we obtain grace and find mercy in our time of need this morning. Father, many of us are awake, and uh, there are many things going on in our lives. But we come before the throne of grace this morning, and we ask, King of glory, that you will wash over us, O oh God. Father, we ask that your blood that cleanses, that washes us from every sin, O oh God, will flow this morning upon our lives, O oh God. Father, if there's anything we have done, we have said, we have thought, we have uh, hurt others, O oh God, I pray that your blood will flow, flow in my life, flow in my brethren's life this morning, O oh God, to cleanse, to wash, to clear the path, O oh God. Father, if there's anything that happened in the night, whatever the enemy may have planted, for while men slept, the enemy may have come. I pray, King of glory, that you will wash and cleanse, O oh God. Give us a new start this morning, given as we come before your presence, O oh God. Father, I pray that even as we go about doing the things that we, that we want to do today, your word says a man makes his plans, but it's the Lord that determines his steps. I pray, Lord, that you will indeed minister to us and determine our steps, that as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. We receive your grace and the leading of the Spirit today to do everything that you are calling us to do, to establish your purposes and advance your kingdom, O oh God, that nothing about us, Lord, will be glorified, but you alone will be lifted high, O oh God. Father, I pray even this morning that as we come onto this platform, O oh God, that your grace will prevail, O oh God. We lay aside everything, Lord, that has so every sin and weight that so easily entangles us, O oh God. And Lord, we choose to look to your God. We choose, Lord, to look to your presence. Have your way in our midst this morning. Have your way in our lives this morning. Speak to us. Speak to us, Spirit, O oh God. Speak to the very core of who we are, O oh God. Father, do not leave us us on the wayside. I pray that, Lord, none of these words that are spoken from the throne room will fall to the ground. I pray that just as the seed that fell on fertile ground and produced a harvest of 30, 60, and 100, Lord, I decree that even today there will be a fullness of harvest in our lives, in my life, and in my brethren's life, oh God. Master, I pray this morning that, Lord, you will 
speak to us from the speak to us, Lord, from the throne room of God. Do not let us, Lord, as when your word your word says that when two or three are gathered together, you are in their midst. So we know, Lord, that we are gathered in no other name but your name. We ask King of Glory that your presence will fill this place, fill the places that we are in, oh God. Control the airwaves, oh God, this morning. Have your way, Lord, in our midst. Lord, have your way in our lives, oh God. I completely and we completely surrender to you this morning that your name and your name will be exalted above everything else, oh God. Be lifted high, be glorified, oh God. Father, even as we come towards the end of the year, it may not have gone the way that we expected or anticipated, but you are still a God of grace. You are still a God of mercy. I pray, Lord, that, Lord, that grace and mercy will be real to us. It won't be just words we read off a page, oh God, but introduce your grace and mercy to our lives this morning, that even as we come towards the end of the year, give us that extra gusto, give us that extra push, oh God, to keep going. Lord, give us the grace to hold to the four horns of the altar, that we will continue to seek you regardless of what comes our way, that we will continue to cry out to you regardless of what comes our way. Father, I pray this morning that even as we speak from your word in Ephesians, that Lord, you will minister to us. Teach us, oh God, what it means to speak the truth in love. Teach us, oh God, what it means to grow up in the maturity of, of, of the fold. Teach us, oh God, what it means to walk with you sincerely. Lord, I pray and I dedicate myself unto you, oh God, that the meditations of my heart, the words of my mouth will be pleasing. Lord, cleanse me. Hide me behind the blood of God. Hide me, Jesus, that nothing I say will be out of flesh. Let all of it come from the very throne room of God. Exalt yourself, O God. Lord, I am satisfied just to see you glorified, O God. I pray that your presence, Lord, will take complete control this morning, O God. I pray that your will will be done. I pray that you will be exalted above everything else, O God. Father, I give you praise. We set our hearts on you. We set our eyes on you, O oh God. I pray that your presence will be real. Lord, I pray it will be more than words. It will be backed with the power of God, that you will be glorified. I give you praise and I give you honor. For there is no God like you. There is none above you than there is none besides you. We lift up your glorious name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Um, welcome to this morning's session. I have the privilege of speaking. Um, I haven't been around for a while. It's been quite a year and quite a season for me. So pray for me, pray for grace and strength for this season um, that I'll indeed encounter God and see God that God will minister to the very core of who I am. Yeah, because it's been quite a season. So I was given the topic today to on speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love. When I received this topic, I had just uh, spoken to a friend and uh, that friend uh, had been behaving quite uh, unbecomingly. And I thought to myself that their words are very unkind. They treated everybody as if they were 
they didn't mean much. And I watched how this friend treated their workmates. I watched how they treated their gatekeeper. I watched how they treated uh, the, 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 the border office attendant. And I was a bit concerned. And so I remember uh, someone had spoken to me weeks before and said, your friend doesn't speak to people nicely. And it, it had never really crossed my mind because I thought that there's a lot of colloquialism when you're speaking to people that's so akin when you're in a group of people. And so I didn't notice that uh, this was happening. And I began to watch when they called that out. And so this person I, I noticed was unkind in their speech, was full of pride, was hard. And I noticed that it didn't just extend to those people, but was even extending to us as a group. And so I began to speak to another close friend uh, who which we have headship of a certain group. And I said, uh, have you noticed this about this person? And they said, it is true. I also witnessed it back and forth. And we were deeply disturbed by, by, by the person's behavior. And so I said, what do we do? Do we go and just pray and keep quiet or we say something? And the person said, Ah, you should be the one to say something. And then I searched my heart and said, Lord, do I truly love this person? What should I say? What should I do? And so I decided once, I remember um, the person had just gotten a phone with their mother and they had really spoken to uh, the mother in a very unkind fashion, in a way that was very concerning. And I said to them, why do you speak to people like that? Why do you talk to people like that? The long and short of that story is it did not end well. And while I was trying to explain, of course, the person was backed up with so much uh, defensiveness and, 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 and talking about uh, their feelings as opposed to their actions. And, over, and it, 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 it had the resultant effect of separating fellowship between this person and, and us. And even when we had fellowship, we've had fellowship since then, the person has not shown up. And then we had to go after them and ask the questions, how are you doing, and still get no reply. So speaking the truth in love is not an easy thing. And I, when I got this topic, it was just the day after it had happened. And so I smiled and said, why am I speaking about this topic? Perhaps somebody needs to speak to me about this topic. But I do have the... The, the honest privilege of speaking for it for me today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please stand with me to Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 16. Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 16. I believe that God's word is the sum total of who he is. And uh, it's important that we read it. So this is this 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 is best, this whole passage is best on unity and maturity, maturity in the body of Christ. So verse 14 says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's such a rich passage, but I'm going to pick on, because of the time, I'm going to pick on, on just a few key issues 
and deal and deal with them and then we'll see how we'll end up as i said this whole passage is really about union unity and maturity in the body of christ now the key issues uh one of the key issues here is unity in the faith which is a precursor to speaking the truth in love the idea that we as believers need to be united in the in the faith the first goal of god's work through every every office because the preceding passage of this of this scripture is speaking about the five what we have called the fivefold and the and the different ministries where you have the apostles the prophets the teachers the pastors and the evangelists so and each of them was given those offices that they would equip the saints. So a number of us have been given those different offices. And in our different places and, 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 and areas of ministry, we are manifesting those callings. But we don't, we never, we never should manifest them that we should be glorified. Every single workings of those particular offices is to equip the saints. So the goal of God's work through these offices and equipped saints is to attain the unity in the faith we should be driving people towards the unity in the faith remember that the unity unity in the faith is a precursor to what we call speaking the truth in love this does not refer to the structure or, or organizational unity but a spiritual unity around us having a common faith it's a call for us to see beyond disputable divides and to hold on to the true goal beyond we have to see beyond these things that we call catholic jew anglican all these things more 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 clearly for us as believers it's beyond disputable matters sometimes even us as the as as the church we argue over things that are absolutely disputable what they should be worshipped how baptism should be done all these things back and forth and when they don't go to doctrinal issues sometimes we are so divided because we think that one person believes the uh, one person believes something i believe the other and we conclude and sit as judge over that person and say this one is not on their way to heaven but Christ calls us or Paul reminds us in this particular person passage to be united in that common faith the goal of being the body of Christ is to be one we may not agree we may not agree on many things but the goal for us is to be united in the body i think when i think of the story of Paul and Paul and Barnabas, when both of them after prayer and fasting were set aside for the mission journey. And then they carried, the first time they carried around John Mark and John Mark deserted them. And so the second time they are going back, uh, Barnabas decides to tell Paul, let's go with John Mark. And they disagreed sharply over the matter. And what happened is that they went their separate ways. Paul goes later on, much later with Silas and Barnabas goes different things. And God used both of them in their ways to fulfill his purposes. It was not that their, their disagreement of whether to bring John Mark did not divert them from the purposes for which God had called them. In fact, I want to believe it did not cause them to judge the other. You never see Paul calling him out. And later on, we see that John Mark was actually influential in the body of Christ. And so I I, I think of us even as God, as, as Paul is, 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 is is encouraging us um, 
and the scripture to be united in that faith, to look beyond that disputable matters, to look beyond these divides that we have made, to look beyond things that cause us to be divided and yet seek for unity in the faith. Seek for unity at all times and in all places, seek for unity in the faith. So I have the absolute privilege of, of being a part of the, the team, uh, of being a part of, uh, I have the privilege of leading devotion um, at my parents' house over the weekend. And so for a long time, I had been the one leading. And so I decided to give it out to different people to lead. And so I gave it out to one of us to lead, uh, to lead those, to lead the devotion. And I remember um, my, 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 my housemate was very concerned because I said, uh, uh, I'm going to ask, I hope the person's not on. I said, I'm going to ask my brother to lead. And so our dispute was, ah, but he prays in a certain church. Uh, will, will, will he say, will he say the right doctrine? And for a time, I have been watching and listening, even as they have been leading. And so on Sunday, I remember he was teaching on 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 um, on on the body, soul, and spirit. And he said something that I thought was doctrinally wrong. And immediately, I I, I my sister jumped in. I jumped in, and then it it became it boiled down into a bit of an argument. And so we let the the the, the devotion continue. And at the tail end of the devotion, we we tried, I tried to come in and say, no, I don't think it's this, this, this and that. And we still did not agree. And so the devotion ended. And as usual, some people ran to see World Cup because it was opening. And I, at, at, and this discussion continued. But at some point, we were now raising our voices, not in, not in, not in anger, but because everyone was trying to be heard. And later on, it continued, I, I mean, to our WhatsApp group. And I didn't say anything. At some point, I decided saying something more was not bringing us to a place of unity. No, was it bringing us? To, it was trying to be. It was an argument trying to be one, and there was no ab availability to teach. And so, when I recognized that, I remember some of the answers I was being given as I was, I was, I was commenting where things such as because you know it all, because you uh, know everything. I, 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 I shrunk back and decided perhaps it was not something I needed to get into and decided that the unity uh, was more important in us getting forward. And we would be able to find a way to, 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 to walk together. And so the body of Christ, sometimes when these things happen, we need to, and we need to ask ourselves, what is the common goal? What is the thing that we want to do to a what the thing we want to achieve and Paul tells us that we have to achieve that common that unity that common faith yeah the unity in my in my view is about intimacy one of the things that helps us to achieve that unity is intimacy with God and intimacy with one another as the body of Christ so that's the first thing I want to talk about that intimacy for, for me refers to being one with God, one in our desires, one in our will, one in our lifestyle, that every time we wake up, it's really about us chasing that unity with Christ. I've been 
God challenged me this year to stop spending the rest of my life sleeping and to wake up earlier in the morning and to spend some time knowing him and seeking him and not just asking for things, but the desire to know God, the desire to be one with God, the desire to, to chase after the things that matter to God. And so it, it became, it when, when there was something coming up, it became easy in the morning to stand and just dance before God. In the morning to stand and just worship and praise him. And dancing is not my thing, but here I was in the morning, absolutely shaking myself and saying, God, this is for you. And then just saying, Lord, my desire is to know you. I want to come after you. I want to chase you. I want to know you more. I want to be more like you. And sometimes I would think that fasting and prayer would bring me closer to God. And yet my lifestyle is so far different. When I'm done with fasting and prayer, I am back to living a life that, that gratifies the flesh. I'm eating what I want. I'm watching what I want. I'm listening to what I want. And that life is so far removed moved from a person from a person who's actually chasing intimacy with God but the more I spend time in prayer the more I respond to the spirit when I when I am woken up in the morning even sometimes uncomfortably at one or three and I am seeking God and saying Lord why is it that we are awake my heart's desire is to know him and so one of the precursors for us is to have that intimacy with Christ and also intimacy with the body a prerequisite for maturity is being intimate with God and being and being able to, 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 to be vulnerable to the body of Christ, being vulnerable to one another. Each of us is a part in the body of Christ. When one part suffers, each of us suffers. I think COVID for me showed me so clearly that the, the value of, of a body, the part of the body suffering, that if a finger, if your finger today is hurting, the rest of your body is not okay. If your leg is hurting, yesterday night I've been trying out, I've been trying, I got back to my exercise routine. And so somehow in the middle of the night, I got such a bad, early, sorry, at night, I got a bad muscle, muscle, cr muscle cramp in my leg. Ah, yeah, yeah, my whole entire body was on fire. And I was Googling what I should be doing. And I stood up to walk. But when one part of the body hurts, the entire body is affected. Similarly to us, similarly to us as the body of Christ, how do we function as believers when some of, some of us are hurting amongst us? Are we the unconcerned believers or are we the ones that are stretching out to ensure that the body of Christ is united? That if one is in lack, how are we giving? That if one is in lack, not just physically, but even spiritually, but even emotionally, how are we as a body of Christ contributing to ensuring that there is unity in the faith. When we go back to the beginning of the church, we see in Acts 4, and uh, Acts 2 rather, and uh, first 42 and, or, and following, that the body of Christ was so united. They were united in sharing of the word, in the breaking of bread, devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to the things that drew them together. If there was need amongst them, they sold all that they had so that none of them was lacking. That is the example that we receive as unity in the faith. And that is what Paul is calling each of us, that regardless of how Many people have existed since the beginning of time. This is what Paul is calling us to attain unity, to attain unity in the faith. And attaining unity should be about having a common faith, laying aside the things that divide us and being truly, intim being truly intimate with God and loving one another. 
Now, this happens when gifted officers, like I've said, the fivefold, work right, uh, work right and work with the saints in a way, in a way that they're able to equip others to attain maturity. Now, if the people are able to attain maturity in the body of Christ, this increases our greater intimacy and experience of who God is. And so intimacy is the first thing that I think is prerequisite to both maturity and speaking the truth in love. The second thing that Paul calls us to in this passage is a call to maturity, both as both as individuals and a, and a corporate call. He calls us both to be mature as individuals and as the body of Christ. We cannot do without one another. There is no single person that is independent. Each of us has been put in the body that we would learn to be dependent on one another, that we would learn that Christ is the head of this body. We exist because of Christ. And so the call for us to maturity that Paul put, that, 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 that is stated in this um, particular passage is a call to both individual and corporate maturity. It calls the gifted and fivefold offices to equip the saints, to bring the saints to a level of maturity according to the measure of Jesus himself. Now, we must, as we come towards the end of the year, the thing that we have to take stock of is why have we matured? And I want to, not, not just... Um, spiritually but every area in our lives it's easy to be mature in others and to be growing rather in others i am growing spiritually i am growing uh financially i am growing uh maybe academically i am growing uh physically of course and and then i am stunted in other areas but this maturity that paul is speaking about is specific to spiritual maturity. There must be a difference between last year and this year. If I might stretch it a bit, between last month and this month, that there should be a difference in how I have grown up in my measure of my measure of my knowledge of Jesus. There must be something that is provoking me to the place of growth. We all see babies. We are happy when babies are born. We are happy when babies take their first step, when they are able to take milk, when they are able to eat their first food, when they are able to walk, when they are able to go to school. All these are exciting measurements of growth. But that same excitement that we have should be the same excitement that heaven has when they see each of us pushing ourselves to a level of growth. And yet there are many things that we have been equipped with that we might be able to attain this maturity. But some of us have decided not to grow. They must be, as we come towards the end, there is a time when we will stop and check, not just on your goals that you set forth this year, but honestly and honestly give a measure uh, give give time to evaluate yourself and say how far have i gone currently we're doing an evaluation in alabaster mentorship program at the end of every year we do an evaluation to say this is what we have covered this is what we have we have we have made available to you have you grown in all these aspects because at your, at your disposal, you had a manual, you had a weekly prayer, you had time of fasting, you had uh, lectures every month, you had all these things, trainings, 
but have you really grown? Has this made a difference to your life? So we are going through a time of self-examination and also in the and, and also corporate examination so that we give people a time to examine themselves and also to examine the entire program. And this is important, not just in the workspace, but even for us as believers. If we think that it's so different for us as believers and we will keep walking the way we want, we are going to deceive ourselves. We have to evaluate if that maturity, if we are growing up in the knowledge of God. And so these officers must ensure, these fivefold officers must ensure that there is constant food to mature the body corporately, but even as individuals. They must ensure that there is food in the house of God for people to be able to mature. Yeah, even if this expression of offices is in their different workspaces, they must ensure that they are giving enough food to mature the body of Christ. Now, there is a necessity to, to exert ourselves as individuals uh, in order in order for us to go, in order for us to grow. The need for us to be disciplined at, at the spiritual discipline so that we can grow. There is a part for each of us to play. It's not merely depending on these officers that we will say they did not give us food so we did not grow. There is a part for each of us to play. Too many of us as believers are lazy and we pass life as if with the bare minimum, as if uh, it is so easy, it is so I, I gave my life to Christ, so everything else is just a bonus. And so we get involved in, in arguing things that we should not be arguing over. Paul says, let's lay aside these childish things of baptism, raising of the dead. Imagine those are things that are elementary. And let's go on to the maturity of Christ. And so to the, the, call, the call is not just for these officers to grow us, but it's also for us to be able to exert ourselves in the spiritual disciplines that we would be able to grow. These officers equip the saints in stability, in being firmly planted on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. You can say that the mark of maturity of a believer is that they are not tossed, uh, he, they are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. If, however, you do not mature. You will be a target for deceivers. You will always be a target for deceivers. Living a life where people tell you things and you move one and you move on. You are always the one that is got by every wind of doctrine. You are the one that is every, that is always caught up. I remember when I was um, youth chair many years ago, um, some of these ministries that you see around town were budding and they had different names. But the things that they had at their foundation were affecting the doctrinal issues in the church. And many of our young people then, I was also a young person, many, not that I am old, many of our young people then were also involved in, 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 in these doctrines. And so I saw many of the leaders of the different teams go to these fellowships. And I remember appearing for one of their um, retreats and I was so disturbed by what the men of God were doing. And so I got back to the youth meeting and I said that as long as I remain youth chair, these people should never be invited to Olsen's Cathedral or, uh, or any leader that was going to, part, was going to part of those ministries should step down. 
it was a really hard call. It was a very, very, very hard call. The youth, I don't remember what the youth pastor said then, but it was a youth committee meeting. And I remember it became such a disputed matter in that, in that youth committee meeting. And I remember, I think one person outrightly rebelled. Uh, some people even came up with a scripture of Gamiel that if these people be men of God, we should let them be. And I said, it is our role as the leadership to protect the ship that we have. And so I, I am taking the hard decision to say that for as long as I remain the chair, this does not happen. This will not happen. And it was it was such a difficult time. I remember some of the youth leaders who, who went into the other direction. They spoke so um so negatively about I remember, I remember about me. Who is she to tell us what to do? What does she think she is? What has she attained in life? And I, and I was very strict at the time and said, let me tell you, for as long as I remain, you will not be a leader here. And uh, some people left and never came back. Le years later, when they came back, they they tried to, 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 to join. They were a shell of what they had gone through. The stories that they told, those were stories eh, that I'm sure, even Paul, like Paul says in the early church, that even such could not be found amongst unbelievers. And for me, it was a vindication at the time to say that as hard as the decision was, it was important. We think that that movement is growth, but God desires us to grow up in all things. Movement is not a sign of growth. As growth is measured in our understanding on the, of the knowledge of who God is. Peter, Second Peter tells us that grow in the grace and in the knowledge of who God is. So we need to be able to understand that there's both a call for us individually and, and corporately to mature in our knowledge of who God is. If the fivefold what is, is there and it is possible, then they have given us an opportunity, but there is still a call on each of us to grow. To grow in the to grow in the knowledge of God. So, what is the require one of the requirements of of what is one of the things that is expected of those who have attained maturity, is to speak the truth in love. It is to speak. That's the third thing I'm going to speak about. To speak the truth in love. Now, this cannot happen unless there is a sense of intimacy with God, intimacy with the body of Christ, and a maturity that must precede the speaking of the truth in love. Now, speaking the truth in love refers to how we relate with one another, but also how um, the leaders and the saints are able to deal with deceivers amongst us, deceivers that enter the fold. We should deal with them in love, but never, never budging from the truth. Yeah. Many times when we are, when when we speak the truth in love, many of us are very afraid of speaking the truth in love. First of all, what is the truth? The truth really, the, the Bible says that his word is truth, that his word is truth. He also says truth can also be a person because the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ said that I am the way, the truth and the light. Yeah. The life rather. So, that what that's what the truth is, and so there is the two. There are two words that we are playing with here: the idea of love and 
truth. And many times as the body of Christ, we are so afraid to speak the truth in love because of the word that people have now used both in the secular world and even in the church, the word we call judgment, judgment. We are so clouded by the, by the word judgment. If I speak, they will say, I'm judge, I am judging them. If they speak, they will say, I have no more authority. I have nothing to say. Or the second thing that we are afraid of is that they will call out our authority. Remember my story of when someone says, who is she to tell us? In other words, what authority do you have over me to instruct me in this manner? Yeah, we are afraid. In truth, the underlying things is we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of not knowing what to say. We are afraid of breaking of fellowship with one another. Remember my beginning story, the person who was seated amongst us and the person no longer comes for fellowship. We say hello. We do all these things. But there's a there's a breakage. There's a breakage of fellowship because the truth has been told. Anything that does not like to receive the truth is one, is either living in darkness or is either living in darkness and does not like light or is too hard-hearted to understand what the Lord is saying to them. Yeah? The stiff-necked person. Yeah? When one does not believe you, does not believe you love them or recognize your authority, they will not listen to you or respond to you. The very fact that they do not respond or listen is that they don't recognize your authority and don't believe that you love them. And the, the truth is that they're either living in darkness or there is just a hard-heartedness that has entered. But the mature's role is to protect the sheep. There's a role for us as those who are mature, and I'm, let me just say, those of us, not, not necessarily including me, but because of the sermon, those of us who are mature to protect the sheep that are in the pen. We must rebuke the deceivers. We must rebuke those who have come amongst the fold and have chosen to deceive the people that are amongst us. We must be, we must be bold in our approach when we are speaking the truth. Yeah? We must remember that it is a spirit that is behind the deception. So your war is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, principalities, powers, all those things in high places. Remember that you are dealing with a spirit. You're not necessarily dealing with the flesh. That person may respond the way they are, but even in their response, it is a spirit that is behind them. Love is what we must do, is what we must do. We must, we must carry out to one another. Yeah, the, the scripture says, oh, no debt to man except to love that even when in a place of correction or speaking this, the person does not respond as we expected or wanted. We, we must love even in that space. We must tell the truth. Now, there are two aspects of this. There are deceivers who come among us the fold and then there are people who are actually within the fold that I am speaking about. And so I may not differentiate the two now, but I'm going to give a wholesome component because we are running out of time. Now, tell the truth so that, you, so that you might rescue the deceiver and protect the sheep that are in the fold, but avoid further influences of those deceivers in the fold. You do this for the purity of the church. You do this so that the church can remain pure. The truth in love 
must be doctrinally sound. The truth in love must be doctrinally sound. It must come from a biblically committed life. It must come from a life that is sold out to the Bible principles. Speaking the truth in love is a, is, 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 should be to build up others. It should be to build up the body of Christ. It's not to tear down. It's not to shame. It's not to uh, cause division. It's to build up the person. So like I have said, there are two aspects. There are the deceivers and then there's those that are within us. And so I am not going to differentiate them, but I hope we can pick up something. So how should this be done? How should we speak the truth in love? One, prayer. Prayer. Pray before. Pray during. Pray after the conversation. Pray, pray. Remember, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers. Pray like never before. Pray because you love this person. Pray because you want to see restoration. Pray because you want to build up the spirit of this person. Pray because you want to build up the body, the body of Christ. Pray because you want to preserve, because you want to preserve the unity of the body. The second one is allow the spirit of God to lead you. The scripture says that as many as are led is feedback. As many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He's a spirit of truth. And so he will always line according to the word of God. But that spirit of truth needs to lead you so that you are not going to a place of correction even when he has not led you. You are not going to a place to say certain things even when he has not led you. That your words must be seasoned with salt. The third one is to be patient and keep pray be patient the same patience that god has shown each of us we must show the body of christ the same patience we have been given we must distribute to another to to one another because we love one another we must speak the truth in love because we know the truth we must be people characterized by love jesus came from the father full of grace and truth and as his followers who are being conformed to his likeness or to his image, we should also be characterized by grace and truth. And so my brothers and sisters, this is the charge that I have for us this morning. And there are so many other things I could say, but I want to stop there and just say that there's a call for us as the body of Christ in this season one, to remember the place of intimacy with God and with one another, to be mature, in the body of Christ to grow in the knowledge of who he is and to really speak the truth in love. And I pray that this will be a charge for us this morning to continue going up in the place of God, to be bold when it comes to things that concern God. Amen. Let us just pray. Father, I thank you for uh, the opportunity to share your word and to speak. I pray, Lord, that this word will make a difference both in my life and to the hearers of this word. I pray, Lord, that you will charge us, convict us, and let the word work in us to produce the kind of fruit that glorifies your name. I thank you and I bless you in Jesus' name. I have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you so much for allowing the Lord to use you and to speak uh, boldly. So we receive this word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you honor. We give you adoration. 
thank you, my master, for the word that comes to us this morning, oh God, concerning speaking the truth in love. For your word is the truth, and your word corrects, rebukes us, oh God, to the glory of your name, to check. So, Father, we give you thanks that you remind us to continue speaking the truth, but also in love. So we receive this word in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Friends, she shared so many things, but just know the word of the Lord is the truth. And those of us who are called by the word of God, yes, we have to, we, yes, we have to live by the truth. And we have to speak to the, the truth. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's hard work. But still, even when we keep quiet, that is also a problem. Because God has called us to be the light and the salt of the societies that we are in. And therefore, if a sister is being deceived or deceiving many and we keep quiet, it doesn't, prom it doesn't, uh, it doesn't profit you, doesn't profit the church either, doesn't profit the other person, but instead it is destroying them and it destroys, it destroys you. And it destroys the society we are in. So sometimes it is tough. Sometimes, actually, more it is tough. Even when I was, uh, you know, contending with God for Christ to die for humanity. So even as we have to allow the Holy Spirit to use us. So Father in heaven, we pray that because you have called us to be the light and the salt in the societies we are in, and so we are to speak the truth. We are to speak the truth in love. The truth is sometimes bitter. It is tough. It is hard work. We will be rejected. We will be called names. We will be despised because of speaking the truth, because of rebuking those that need to be rebuked. Yet, Father, you have called us to be the light. And so we ought to do this. So, Father, I pray that you help us to do this. We pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us on how to do it. We pray for the boldness on how to do this. This stuff, this stuff sometimes, this can even cost you your job. This will cost you a relationship. This will, will cost you a friend. Yet they've been supporting. But when you see them error, when you see them in error, when you see them going astray, you have to rebuke them in love. Yet you don't know how will they will take this, how they receive the information. 
It will cost us a relationship. It will cost us a friend. It will cost us even our jobs. Yes, Father, you're calling us to do this. So I pray for the boldness to do it. I pray for the courage to do it. That you would give us the courage. Also, Father, we pray for wisdom. That we will know how to do it. But also, I pray, Lord, that we will not do it carelessly. But we will do it for a purpose of rebuilding the relationship with you, of building intimacy with you, of calling many back to you, God, that, Lord, we will not use it selfishly, that we will not use it as a, as a means of showing that we, we, are the, we know much. So, Father, I pray for your guidance. I pray for your direction. I pray that you guide us, Lord, that you go before us, that you help us, Lord, to do this. In the name of our Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen.